Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hi folks, Matt here. Just a quick one before we get started this week. You can nominate us for the Listener Choice Award at this year's British Podcast Awards. And why would you not want to do that, your favourite TV podcast? Just head over to www.britishpodcastawards.com. Dot com slash vote there you will be able to see a screen that says search for the podcast search for the custard tv podcast and then uh, enter your vote uh, the link to this is also pinned to the top of my twitter at matt's tv bytes and the podcast twitter at custard tv podcast so if you would be so kind as to retweet one or both of those tweets that would be great tell your friends to vote for us as well get the word out and hopefully we will be um, at the awards ceremony. Would you believe it? I'm back. I've had internet issues. I've had issues, issues. But I'm back. Uh, I am Luke and I edit thecustardtv.com. I'm honoured to be with the podcast host, Mr. Matt Donnelly. Hello. Hello, Luke. Thank you for joining us uh, on this off week. We're doing something a little bit different. I think we should dub it maybe the half-term report. What do you think? Yes, that fits in nicely with your school background. Did you, did you <laughs> it, have to indeed. write reports for the kids? At, at your no, because I did. I only did supply, so no. How long were you at each school if you were supply? Depended on how long they needed me. I did it from half a day to like six weeks. I think was the longest I did. Wow, that's lo- that is long. That's like a whole term, isn't it? That was a half term, yes. Crikey, okay. Yeah, this is, to go with our theme, a half term report of uh, the shows we've watched over 2020 because our format of the podcast is... Luke, 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 2022, mate. 2020 was two years ago. I know I've been gone for a while, but I didn't think I'd missed two years out. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, Definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Usually Matt and I will talk privately about, oh, did you like the episode of such and such? But he's been... He's been a bit cruel to be kind. He has uh, not spoken to me about the shows he's been watching this year, which is the first time ever. Uh, and now he's decided to lift the lid on his list of shows that he has actually seen, which uh, create a nice round number of 20. Is it definitely 20? Yeah, 20. Oh, no. 
And does this include ones I know you've watched, like The Tourist and Euphoria? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's still a long, a, a big list, considering we don't talk about the shows that no. we've watched. And a lot of these have been, I'm hoping, would have been my favourites, and we can just wax lyrical about how brilliant they were, or things we didn't like, or whatever. Most so, of them are most. Most of them are ones that I know you've watched. There's a couple I know you haven't, and you you've then watched 27. You were telling me, so you're you maybe filling the gaps of the ones that I haven't seen and try and convince me, and I might try and convince you to watch a couple as well. Yeah, that's what we need more TV to watch. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> really so um, let's do it then. Um, I know in January that you watched The Tourist twice mm. for my benefit yes and, and but wait, we didn't we, d we didn't really sort of talk about the series past the first episode though did we apart no, from i wrote i wrote an article and you wrote an article what do you think about what do you think about its function as another series though because i think it was perfect the way it was it was. It's still on Rotten Tomatoes as one of the highest-rated shows of the year. It was bizarre in places, but but felt really different and fresh. And we spoke about it at the time. The Williams brothers are sort of known for their tense thrillers, but what drew me to this was the humour involved and the fact that you you were never sure who to believe. And I think Helen Chambers was just a brilliant TV character, whatever scenario, whatever show she was in, she was a brilliant character. And her husband was great as well. So it was. It, there's a lot mm. of characters in this where normal Williams Brothers things, you'd say like um, Joanne Froggett in the show that she was in for them, not Liar, the other one. I can't even remember. Angela Black. Yeah, they feel more like archetypes, whereas this felt like their opportunity to create proper characters that felt lived in and and of this strange little corner of Australia that they sort of mapped out. Did you think it all hung together as a as a piece, and did you enjoy it more because you did what I didn't do? You binged it. I don't know, you know, but I, I certainly it was as we said when we reviewed the first episode. It was something completely different. You had that humour there, the Helen Chambers character, um, the um, our man from Trapped as like the mm. the sub villain almost. Um, you had the heart to it. You had that weird fifth episode where they sort of did the flashback, but in a in a different way, in a you know a slightly uh, surreal way, I would say. And and then you know you found out some things about him. Elliot, I believe, was his name, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but you uh, still at the end did not know what to trust about his memory because you know that that was the thing. By the end, do we know much about this character still? The, the the fact it's coming back from a second series, and I know that um, we discussed this a little bit, uh, I think it was with Gary and Sarah on the podcast, that the, um, the, the idea we had was for it to be Helen coming back, but not Elliot. But I, again, I think people would be disappointed if if Jamie Dawn didn't come back. I also think because as as it, I'm just gonna have to accept that the way of the world is, the majority of BBC shows will go on the iPlayer. Just that's just got something I'm just gonna have to accept. It's what they do. But I do think this show suffered from from week to week conversation. I don't think when we do our best of the year later on, I think 
or when we're talking about it now, people will go, oh yeah, the tourist was this year. Because I don't think it stuck around in the conversation very long, which was a shame because it was doing a lot of clever things and and really exploring some interesting themes that I hadn't seen done in sort of a, a psychological exciting thriller. It sort of bent all the rules of what one was and I don't think it benefited from being a binge show. A lot of A lot of things do, but this one for me didn't. Because I'd have liked to have seen people's theories on that fifth episode rather than mm. people saying, oh, when you get to episode five, it goes really weird, but I won't say any more than that. And that's all I saw, whereas... I, I think I said that, did I not, Luke? Yeah, you did. And I saw several people say <laughs> it. Uh, but I didn't get to talk to them about what they actually made of it because the conversation just moves on to something different. But I, I think it was possibly the best the Williams brothers have been. We love The Missing, but this just felt so... This was um, relaxing in a weird way because the the Australian side of it was fresh and exciting and felt like a world we hadn't explored before. Jamie Dornan, I thought, was brilliant. And, yeah, Danielle McDonald as Helen Chambers, great character. Um, do, you, what, do you think they'll do what they're going to do with Vigil, though? Just call it The Tourist and it won't have any of the DNA from the original that might be well, the only way they could get around it well like the williams did with the second series of the missing they had mm. julian baptiste come back but none of the other characters and I, that's why i think maybe helen and the the woman who works on the desk maybe who we found out about how she met her husband in the last scene which yes. was quite funny but and but no you know no one else have like some but then how believable is it that something else would happen in this small town unless she's got promoted and has gone somewhere else now also you just call it chambers or something wouldn't you if you were going to do that mm. you you like unless it was Baptiste. another tourist yeah in which case people would stop going to that town but mind you midsummer still pulls it off doesn't it okay i also but i suppose that he, he I, what i was going to say was he wasn't actually going to that town was he, he was they found him in the middle of no in like on the road and that was the nearest town wasn't it really yeah, I, I really do think it's one of the best shows of the year. Um, we, I, I know that we both saw Four Lives, which is now on BritBox yeah. and still on the iPlayer. Um, do you have anything to say about that? Has that stuck with you? We're now in July, that was early Not January. Not really. Looking at, looking at this list, um, I think when we talked about it, I think I'd seen the first two episodes and you and Sarah had only seen the one. I think it did a really good job of telling the story of these four lads who had all suffered this horrible fate that could have been possibly certainly the later ones could have been pre prevented if like the police had been bothered to do their job at the time i think that was part of it was the the laziness of the of the investigation and the the justice that they got in the end and um, i mean i i wasn't massively into the Sheridan Smith performance here but no. the ensemble as a whole very good I think Stephen Merchant's definitely going to be nominated for a BAFTA for this I think I really like Rufus Jones in this as well as mm. sort of like a, a, a you know it was a story that needed to be told I know that there had been a documentary that they'd done a few years ago on BBC Three when it was still iPlayer only so I don't think a lot of people saw that but Definitely it's a story also in the news told, now. Told... It's, it was on the six o'clock news last night that they're trying to get justice still 
uh, it was part of like, oh, right. the main news coverage. So that that brought it back to the fore of my mind. I would agree about the Sheridan Smith performance. It was it was a di- I mean it's a difficult role for her to play. It's the sort of role she's touched on before, um, and it doesn't give you much range because obviously you're playing a grieving mother. I think you're right, Stephen Merchant, a bit of a revelation because. I'd never seen him in a serious role and he was properly, properly menacing as Stephen Port. I think just as always with these things, the bits that attracted me were just the the ridiculousness of dropping two men that you'd murdered and leaving them in the same grave, in the same position, in the same graveyard and the police not connecting the dots and and just the hope and, and aspirations these young men had before their lives were cruelly snuffed out i think we get a lot of these true stories but i think this was one of the better ones in recent years i would say it's not going to be in my top 10 of the year but it's certainly one of the best things the bbc have produced for a long time in this space of true story that we we get quite a bit um we all i also know you saw all of euphoria and i don't think we've discussed hang on hang on hang oh. on hang on hang on hang on hh on hang on We've got a couple more from the first week of the year. We're doing this in order, are we not? Yes, but okay, go on then. You go, you take it. <laughs> so the next one, basically I've, I watched all the series, the first four shows we discussed this year on the podcast. So uh, the next one is Anne. See, I didn't see Anne. I didn't see Anne all the way through. Is there a reason for that? Um... I I suppose it felt more. I don't want to say generic. That's wrong. It felt more of a story I knew more than Four Lives, and so I focused on that and didn't go back to Anne. Um, because mm. I thought yeah, I th- knew what the story I went, was. I went back to it because I oddly did a thing where I watched the first episode and then someone else in the house was watching it and so I watched the fourth episode so I sort of filled in the gaps you're all over again yeah um but yeah I I I found this I mean again BAFTA nomination for Maxine Peake I think here uh playing Anne Williams who was one of the women who lost a son or you know someone who lost someone at at Hillsborough Mm. um, and trying to get justice over many years you know, her her marriage suffering as a result, her health suffering as a result. I had no idea that she, the character died at the end, or the, the lady died at the end. Mm. They did a documentary afterwards, you know, telling the story of the real Anne. You know, this was a real, rather than telling retelling the story of Hillsborough, which has been told many times, telling it from the perspective of trying to get this justice and all the hoops that she had to jump through and you know the, the the detail that they went into i thought was was brilliant again it's not one that i don't think i think i'll remember the performance more than the drama as a whole but again definitely a story that needed to be told do you think in retrospect it's more powerful than i mean it's not really fair to compare them i mean we're only comparing them because they happen to land on the same week and they're both true stories, but which do you think is the more compelling story, at the way it was told, at least? Um, yeah, because it's hard because of the, as you say, they're different stories, and 
Anne, you know, t- is told through several decades and the different um, inquiries that they had to go through. It's yeah, it's a really hard question to answer because they they're they're different stories, and I think they did they did what they set out to do. Mm. I don't yeah, honestly. Well, I don't think that's a question I can answer. Que- it was an unfair question, but yeah. I think I think the reason I didn't go back to it was um, I just felt perhaps wrongly that I knew where what the story was, and I I I sort of had a bit of bias towards it being an ITV thing as well. But I will. There's only four of them, and I did get sucked in by the first, so I, I will go back and make mm. up my own mind about that. What else? Did I certainly didn't know the podcast? story. Well, I know you didn't like this at all, and um, but I don't know if you watched it to the end. Toast of Tinseltown? I did, but I just found it a mess. Is it on your list? Yes. Is on my <laughs> well, my list. The list is just things I have seen to the from beginning to end. That's yeah, the list. Me yeah. too. Me too. So, so it made the list. So actually, I've seen twenty-eight because I didn't put a number next <laughs> to that one. So my list has gone up one. <laughs> So uh, yeah, Toast of Tinseltown. I I think what I felt of this, and again, not a lot of it has stuck with me, is that it was very much let's get all my Hollywood friends in to do a series that doesn't really hang together very well. The the only sort of bright spot for me was the Natasia Dimitri episode. Mm. I thought mm-hmm. that was the yeah where she came in and did a whole song and they were in like some sort of hospital drama together. Yeah. Um, but the whole stuff with the Fred Amison character. Um, and Rashida Jones. The, Rashida Jones, that, that sort of area and, and his role in the Star Wars movie being um, really sort of reduced. So um, yeah, not much to write home about. I hope that if there is another Toast series, that it's um, back in London. I also wondered, because I wasn't enjoying it, my mind tended to wonder it as a habit of doing this, and I wondered whether it was sort of tongue-in-cheek that they weren't in Hollywood, or whether it was a response to the fact that they couldn't go. So all the Hollywood aspects, like Larry David on the laptop and Bill Hader on the laptop, in in a non-Covid world, would they have been shot in... LA where it was supposed to be or is it just that Toast exists in this world that isn't LA and is more cartoony and this was a show we're always going to get and I I couldn't reconcile that in Mm. my mind whether it was sort of winking at me going oh we should have gone to America but we couldn't or whether it was just Toast is in this cartoony world because I I just thought it was a mess I mean the first episode was okay well no the first episode you didn't get to Hollywood, did he, or Tinseltown, or whatever? But that was it, that was the Kaivar Novak one. Yeah, it was the one where he was sort of res- finishing up all the Toast of London stuff, so we could go off to. But it just it just felt like they were trying too many things. No, they hung together. Fred Armisen made no sense. Rashida Jones had no purpose. Yeah, I, I put this on the list, but I, it's not one that would be on any other list apart from most disappointing comedies. <laughs> okay. I believe Euphoria is next. Okay. Um, Euphoria, which I think public percep- public um, conversation turned against the show on a week-to-week basis. Um, people were still watching it, um, but had really 
different responses to, to different things and it, it was narratively all over the place directorially mad do you think in retrospect it hung together as one cohesive season of television i i don't know i mean my thing about euphoria as you know is always kids don't act like that and that was very much yeah by the end of the second season something i felt you know the the um, Maud Apatow character writing an entire play that then she got to put on yeah. <laughs> at the high school. I, I mean, the, the fact that they killed off... Um, what was his name? The little lad. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Ashtray. Ashtray. I, I kept wanting to say other... Th- other shotgun, I nearly said. I nearly <laughs> said shotgun, but that wouldn't have been right. That's probably how he died. Uh but yeah, I mean, they, that lost them some points. I, I really wouldn't want to live in that neighbourhood with kids darting over the road or people driving really fast or, you know, you'd need added insurance there, really. I think certain parts of it worked for me. I thought the, the Eric Dane stuff was done very well, the the flashbacks for him. Mm. I liked, even though I, I felt it was ridiculous, I did like the play stuff. I like how Maud Apatow had more to do this season, although that seemed to be at the expense of um, Kat, the cat character, who very much they sort of swept under the rug. There was a, not swept under the rug, but, you know, as, as opposed to what she did last season, which was one of my favourite subplots here, there was, not, and, and there was a lot of sort of, uh, behind the scenes speculation as well and how much um is it sam levinson is that right yeah yeah how much he was sort of pushing them and how the feuds he had with various cast members and how um the the football the football player um what was his name mccade or McKay, yeah mccade or something mccoy or mccade or one of one mccade him anyway yeah how he wasn't in it. So it, it didn't quite hang together, but I suppose it's one sort of when it worked, it worked sort of thing. Yeah, when it worked, it was on. But like the, the episode where they all uh, do an intervention for Rue and sort of uh, Hunter Schaefer's characters there, um, Jules, and sort of tells the mother this is what she's been up to and it, it leads to her running out on the road. I mean, that whole episode was absolutely spellbinding. I've never seen anything like that. Well, I had seen something similar to it later in the year, but at that point, I hadn't seen anything like that ever, where they were, she was dancing in and out of traffic. It had a real propulsive nature to it that, you know, Euphoria is very good at. You know, sometimes you can see Levinson working really hard at certain shots and certain angles and certain set pieces he wants to do, and they feel a bit self-indulgent and drawn out but this one I thought coupled with the brilliant performance from Zendaya was brilliant I also think the the lady who I can't remember the, the actress's name or the character's name but the elder lady who's this drug dealer who took pity on her in mm. that episode she was brilliant a really you know if we're gonna have no ashtray in the series going forward I hope we see more of her because she was really brilliant. The the episode, the season two opener that started with Ashtray and um, and Fezco's upbringing was really well done. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Um, it's still one of the most visually interesting shows on television. I agree with you that teenagers don't act like that, and in any other show that would drive me round the bend, but for some reason I get caught up in euphoria and can forgive it all its silliness, and it did go silly in places, and I can understand why people felt the way they felt about the latter half of the series. Um, I don't know where it can go from here, but I'm interested to see, and I've got faith in them. We're not going to see it next year, though. I think it's 2024 that we're going to see more euphoria. So it'll be euphoria the college years, I'd have, I'd have thought by then. But it's well, another yeah, great showcase for Sydney Sweeney as well. I think she's brilliant. Yeah, because what, what, how they wrapped it up at the end was, oh, this is the end of the high school. Like, this is it for Rue and... Um, What's the name? I've forgotten the names of all the characters now. I know it's awful, isn't it? Rue, Jules, Cassie. Jules, Rue and Jules, Rue and Jules. Like that, that's the end of Rue and Jules now. But we've somehow got another year of high school, and um, where that's going to go. You mentioned the, the the female drug dealer. That is one of the hanging threads in, in that she still owes her loads of money because mm. she mum flush all the drugs. Yes. Yeah. And those argument scenes, brilliant. I thought they were all great. But um, there were episodes and pieces of it that in any other show I'd have given up and gone, this has just gone melodramatic and silly. But for some reason, I just I think Zendaya is, is a massive draw and deserves all the acclaim and the awards. And that whole ensemble is very, very talented. And I look mm. forward to whatever they do next. OK, what's next? Uh, the Responder. Oh, thank you. I used to lay up, lay up in bed at night going, I can't believe but I haven't finished the responder. Thank you so much. We can end You can go to sleep now. I can sleep now. That's it. We can, we can finish there. Um, I lapped this up. I thought it was a work of genius. The sort of BBC drama that I'd bemoan they don't make anymore. It felt it had a great sense of place. It had a great propulsive energy, brilliant new faces we've not seen before, just doing remarkable things. Martin Freeman is the best I've ever seen him. The story, fantastic. No, couldn't fault it in any sense of the word, but we've only spoken about the first one, so what the heck did you make about the rest? I really liked it. I liked all of the, you know, all the stuff at night, all the different characters. I think... One thing we didn't really get a lot of in that first episode was the character of Rachel, mm. um, played by... I, I'm going to butcher this name. Yeah, no, 
Adeleo Adeido. Adeido. Yeah, something like that. Um, we should get. The, I, if I had the money, Peter Dixon would have said that for us, but I don't have the money, so. Ade- don't worry, I'm we've going only to try got again. an hour and a half before dinner. Ade- Adedeo, I think, is okay. how you would say that. Um, that portrayal of a victim of domestic violence, that is one of the bits that will hang with me the most the bit where her boyfriend locks her in the cupboard. In the cupboard. And um, Martin Freeman's character, Chris Carson, has to go and get her out. And, you know, her not wanting to disclose it, her ultimately deciding not to disclose it to her superiors, uh, even though all of his co-workers at the fire station know about it. Um, There's sort of the shocking moment where um, Ian Hart's Carl Sweeney gets killed. Mm. I thought it all got, like, wrapped up quite neatly. At the end? Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. And perhaps in retrospect, if he'd have realised he was going to get a chance to do more. But I suppose... Christine got... Tremaker was this sort of threatening GP. Yeah, yeah. Um... But I loved... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved um, Emily Fern as Casey and uh, Josh Finnan as Marco. I think they were both brilliant. This is another one where I'm like, I loved it, almost every aspect of it, but can it can it go anywhere? You know, because, is it going to be him in a different setting? Because what worked so well was that Liverpool setting. It felt so lived in and real. And are we going to find ourselves repeating familiar ground? It doesn't seem to me like one that was built to return, but I've said this about other things and been proved wrong. So what are your views? I- I think for this one, it's easier than it is for the tourist or for Vigil, I think, because you've still got a character who is doing this. You know, nothing happened to him in terms of his job at the end of the series. Um, His boss has some sort of suspicion about his connection to the criminal underworld. So that might be something to explore. You know, he hasn't got anything hanging over him now in terms of Ian Hart of the Sweeney family or anything like that. So it might be more about his job and the suspicions people have about him. I love the reveal about Warren Brown as well, that he yeah. was, that you know, because you got the impression early on that he had he was quite high up in the police and then he's doing this job where he's teaching children road safety on bikes. Hmm. Yeah, it just... Um, but yeah, no, I can see it off those ones that they announced altogether that they were returning. I think I can see this one the most, you know, easily getting a second series. And I'm sure that um, the writer, whose name I've forgotten, Tony, Tony Schumacher, Schumacher, has um, obviously got some more stories that he can draw on from his experience doing this job. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so just so I can have a real properly sleepless night, when did you finish the responder? Have you been just working through these on at your own time, or have you every time I've spoken about it, have you secretly seen it at the end of whenever it was on? No, I only I only caught up a few, I only caught up a few weeks ago, Luke. Okay, you're fine. Thank you. Right, I, I had to buy a blood pressure monitor at one point. Anyway, <laughs> what comes next on your list? What comes next for me is As We See It. I knew I liked you. (laughs) I knew I liked you. (laughs) I've said it. People have said I'm wrong, but now I said I like him. (laughs) 
you know, he's, he's got his heart in the right place. You know, people have mocked you and I've said, no, don't you dare. Um, yeah, I love this show. I, I'm a bit worried that we haven't heard a single rumour of a second series. I don't know how you feel about whether it should have one. But I just think it felt, it felt the most real of all these shows I've seen about people who suffer with a condition and who are put in the spotlight and thrust out into the real world. It just felt like it was coming from a place of complete understanding. I loved all the stuff with Joe Montaigne who pops up later in another show. He's having a good year. Um, I thought all that stuff just just hit me in the heart and felt, for me, very relatable. I, I'm not sure about you, but I, I just think it was just... It was a rare thing. It was just so lovely. They were really short episodes. I wanted to be with them. I thought they were all a delight. And I'm so glad you finished it regardless of what you say about it. Because it's it's a show more people need to see. And it's on Prime Video and they get hidden away. And I thought it was a, a joy. Um, <clears throat> I think I felt about it sort of what I said at the time really. That I loved these three performances. I think it helps that all three of the actors are on the spectrum. They've got their yeah. understanding, you know, they're not anywhere near as much as the characters are, but you know, they they know sort of how how to sort of portray this in an authentic way. I think when it went away from them and focused on Mandy or Van, you know, one of the characters like that, I I was less interested when it wasn't directly about the relationship um, that those characters had with the, the, the three, with Jack Harrison and Violet. Yeah. I loved their little scenes together, the trio, whenever they were on screen together. I agree with you about Joe Mantegna. I think what spoiled it for me a little bit was like the way it was shot and the music they used was, it was very much like you would get in, a, in an indie film, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't really have that same connection i suppose you're probably more aware of of those sort of tropes but like the but the music that they use you didn't have an issue with it it was all this like sort of chirpy like mm. quirky music almost that it they hasn't, had on the background. that hasn't stuck with me normally if something no. niggles at me it will stay with yeah. me so i guess not but yeah i mean i'd love to see this come back just because i want to follow these people as they progress through life but if it is this little gem of a show that only gets one season then I'm glad that you you saw it to the end, and it, it's one that I hope more people will seek out. Prime Video is a difficult platform, though, so I don't hold out a lot of hope. Uh, next for you, what? What, what? Sorry, Luke. Before we go on, what do you mean yeah. by difficult? Well, it's it's a difficult platform because how do you find stuff that's been on there for a while if you don't know what it is? It's not like Netflix where it puts everything in a sort of a if you like this, you might like this, or comedies or dramas. It's a really, it's a really difficult thing to do on the on its own app, and it's even more difficult to do on Amazon itself. Unless you know this show is called As We See It, and you type those words in, it's not as easy to find as it might be on some other streaming platforms, because it's not new. It is one of their originals, but it's not one they championed even at the time. So it's a shame. Next up is This Is Going to Hurt. No, it's not. I'm pleased for you. What I will say, what I will say, unless I've got the order wrong, uh, you didn't finish the after party. No. 
Okay. All right then. Yeah, this is gonna hurt. Okay, this is gonna hurt. Just yeah, I can't, uh, can't say any more about how brilliant the show is, so I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, I was I have started reading this year as well. I know I've I've well, learned to read. First time ever. I made it sound like you'd never read a book before. I'm but sure you I, have. One of the earliest books, one of the ones that I decided to read was this. So I read it and watched it at the same time, which was an odd experience. Yeah, I bet. Interestingly, like some of the... And it's sort of odd to compare the two because the book is written in a diary format. Obviously, a lot of the characters don't exist. There are little bits that are in... Like the bits, his interactions with the patients are very similar to what happened in the show but like for example the character of Shruti doesn't exist nothing there that really happens with her happens in the book but and I thought actually she was one of the more compelling her story was as compelling as Adam's yeah I know that there was a lot of criticism of that first episode uh, but actually that was sort of the critiques that um the character Tracy had and that's why she put in the complaint against him um i thought ben wishaw was was right for this role i think adam k asked it wanted him to play the role am i right yeah yeah you're right and um so that that worked he i think had the right combination of like this manic energy doing the sort of the to camera pit bits by the end like that see that um final episode at the wedding where he was just sort of emotionally drained i thought mm. he was excellent there yeah and be and mod mode as yeah, shruti mod. brilliant i thought her you know that the last scene which gogglebox spoiled for me <laughs> saves you right for not watching it at the time but yeah I, I know. it's annoying uh they did the same with stranger things i we we have this conversation on the podcast uh the most recent one that um but yeah, it, was, it like I enjoyed that it was forty-five minutes each episode was. I enjoyed it was only seven episodes. I thought yeah. it 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 took the stories from the book well. I actually um, really liked. I can't remember the name of the actress now. The one who plays um, Big Mandy in in this country. I thought Ashley she was Maguire. Ac- Ashley Maguire. Um, her, I didn't expect to see her in this and playing a different She's character. So good in it, so good in it. Like being, you know, being up against like the the posh boys, and she's this commoner's muck person who sort of takes against Adam, but and is very sort of supportive to Shruti. And that scene of them together, I hope she gets more work off the back of this. Mm, I hope so too. And I just thought my favourite episode was. Uh, I believe the penultimate where Adam's working in a um, a private hospital and everything's going well and then it all starts to crumble and they go back to the NHS where Shruti is working and um, that is when she says, I'm sorry I tried. And there's sort of this moment where you realise or you think you realise what she's saying to him and then this awful moment of realisation when it hits you, yes, you were right and this she's committed this awful act. Uh, that puts a cloud over the whole series. I thought it did that 
brilliant British thing that we are capable of, almost better than any other country, where it had that dark humour, but it had the 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 right dramatic overtones as well. I thought it felt just quintessentially British. It's been reviewed really well in the States where it's on a streaming service somewhere. If for some reason you have not seen this, you have to. This is gonna hurt, it's all on iPlayer and is I think it's one of the best BBC shows we've we've watched during the podcast. I think it is really, really clever. It unlike a lot of shows, it actually has something to say about the country and the state of our health service and the way these people are treated at work and and all that sort of stuff it's really fascinating and and i really think adam k did what must have been a very tricky job of adapting as you say these diaries into a cohesive seven-part drama series bravo i thought it was great what comes next for you uh, just just quickly, Wikipedia says that this is going to hit. It's going to be on AMC later in the year. It is. It is on AMC Plus at the moment and on AMC okay. later in the year. Okay, so next up for me is Starstruck. Do you know what? Which... I haven't seen it. Really? Why? I just I haven't remembered about it and uh, I just <laughs> haven't seen it. So I haven't seen it. And I, I, just I so you know where I am. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Said at the time when we reviewed it that I thought it would be coming back for a third series, and I was right. Um, it did a good job, I think, in exploring what happens after that ending of the romantic comedy, like the realities of oh, we've made the decision to stay together. She's made the decision not to go back to New Zealand and sort of that's hanging over them. They also bring in this ex-boyf- manipulative ex-boyfriend who, um, you know, is the other sort of blockage in their relationship. They do another sort of very romantic comedy ending in the the end, the, the last scene of, of the last episode. They bring in the friends a lot more, which I think worked. Rose Matafeo is excellent as ever. So there was a lot to like here, possibly not the same uh, level as the first series, but still a really, you know, joyous watch. I haven't seen it. <laughs> but I will. Still. I will. I, yeah, even though Matt left us but for the magical podcast, you won't know that. I, ha- I still haven't seen it in that tiny gap. But I will. It just, at the time, it felt like it came at a time when I was watching a lot of stuff and it didn't feel essential and I knew it would always be there. So, so I will watch it, yeah. Um, what comes next, Matt? Something else. <clears throat> oh, no, something I know you've seen. It's Somebody Somewhere. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if I've put this in the wrong place in my list, but I'm hoping I have because there's a thing... You Why, what, what, what? No, what? no, we might, if, no, if it's not next, it might be because I put it somewhere uh, wrong No, you list. probably... If it's what I think it is, then I haven't watched it yet. You haven't seen it yet. What I think you haven't seen, you haven't seen. <laughs> oh, that's annoying because I really wanted to have a big talk about the thing you haven't seen that I think yeah. you haven't Does seen. Does it begin with an S? Yes. Yes, I haven't seen it yet. That's Sp- next on the. We, we can go. We can go at the end and we'll have a chat. Okay. But okay. Somebody so somewhere. Basically, he hasn't seen Spam and Tommy. No. <laughs> okay. So yeah, somebody somewhere. Just I would repeat almost what I said about. 
as it as we see it just this joyous half hour slice of life that feels completely authentic completely of its place completely of the author bridget everett i don't think i've seen another show like it it just is just so comforting for me even though she's dealing with grief she's trying to find her place in her old hometown she latches on to somebody who is you know really good for her and brings her out of herself and takes her to this place where she can be free and be herself and perform on stage and then there's a whole sequence later on where they find out that her sister's being cheated on by the girl who they run the candle shop together i can't fault this at all and if you do we might fall out it is just one of the nicest shows of the year i loved it and i can't wait for more now i i agree i think that this is i think does what as we see it is trying to do a lot better i i think that the the sort of the the beats here work more than they do in that i think you know that this is a family that have been through a trauma and are dealing with it in different ways like the mum obviously is becoming alcoholic and i love the scenes later on where they go to visit her that family therapy scene um i mean the i loved um jeff hiller as joel so funny and and sort of slightly tragic character as well you know like he splits up with his partner sam leaves the the like the exam marking place that they work at um so but that that scene at the end where she sings a song to him oh my yes yeah i i might have bawled a little bit might have bawled (laughs) Yeah, um, and that like the the hurricane scene where they're just drinking the two sisters together drinking. You know, there's yeah. so many little bits there that really worked for me. Um, again, a series that's just sort of fallen by the wayside, really a little bit. Um, but something that I really enjoyed, and I hope a lot of people sort of find. I don't know how they would find it again. Sky Comedy now. is it still on now? I think, but I'm never really sure how long know. things stay there because I think it's to do with the rights. And just the sadness that the second season will touch on the grief of losing the actor who played their father, who was a pivotal part of the family oh, as well. He, Mike, Mike Haggerty, has he passed away? Yeah, yeah. Just recently, in the last few months. So, uh, oh, yeah, so they're, going, they're going to uh, have to touch on that, I presume, in the second series. So grief will be another factor of it, as it was before. Just just lovely. And there are, I mean, this year has treated us with a lot of lovely shows, and that is lovely. What comes next for you? Okay, we've got two now that I know you haven't seen. Go on. So the first one is Holding. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West. 
close to perfect, far from normal. Uh, okay. <laughs> what? Because you tried this and you did. You said to me you didn't like it, or you. you what? Yeah. What was it? What? 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 I, what didn't you I, like? It was too twee. You know how somebody somewhere was just lovely and. This was just twee and a bit try hard for me, trying to create a, a sense of place where. Oh, I dis- like I disagree. Well, this is why I don't do the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I d- I wouldn't say it was twee. I would say that there were sort of quirky moments, definitely, but the the darker side of it, sort of by the end, sort of took away that like the sort of the Pauline McClim bits. I'm assuming is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think um, that but, first episode did a good job of setting up who everybody was, but no. But I think that was part of the point. We did. We were saying that on the podcast um, that it just sort of plunged you in. I think that I can't remember. Maybe it was Michael who who yeah. sort of he found really it a bit disorientating. It. No, well, he really liked whoever, it. Whoever yeah. else no, was I mean it was me, Michael, and Dawn, and I think we all liked it, but one of them found it quite disorientating that they didn't explain and i have to say the three sisters um the 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 ross sisters i don't think they did a particularly good job of sort of setting up that relationship initially um but by the end i think you knew where you were i thought siobhan mcsweeney's performance in this was outstanding going from only really knowing her in in dairy girls Mm. i thought she was you know this this alcoholic who had been left at the altar decades before was dealing with a, you know, a bedridden alcoholic mother, a husband who really didn't like her. That there was so much going on with that character. I thought, and there, and there was a scene in the last episode which was pure you. That you would like. It was a, like two characters talking for about ten minutes. Oh, I hate that. Just the two characters. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it, and it was like Luke would Luke would love this. And I think if you went back to it, if you gave it another chance, I think you would actually like this. I think maybe. I don't know if you had any expectations going in, or if people like because it was reviewed quite positively. If you were if you were doing that thing you do sometimes in the sort of what am I not seeing here type thing. It was. I don't actually think it was reviewed that positively. I think people either got on board with it or took against it immediately, and I wasn't either of those. It just it just felt like it was there, and I I, I could appreciate that it wasn't your bog standard. ITV crime drama it was set in a different place and it had a bit of quirkiness and humour to it but it just it didn't work for me but was it a four episode one four episodes yeah I might, I might go back I might. yeah I think I think you would really I think by that last episode I think actually if you tried from the second episode I think you would it, it would you would come around to it I think I mean the 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 key performances for me here were as I said, Siobhan McSweeney, but also Helen Bevan, who, you know, we remember well, we being know, excellent. We love her. Yeah. yeah, and her, and actually she gets more to do as it, as it sort of goes on the story. So um, the only thing I, I thought was it slightly, it rushed the ending. It almost felt like it needed another episode. So often the case for these things. Mm. Yeah. But holding, I would, again, definitely uh, um recommend that and one i think that i'm i don't know if i can convince you to watch this next one but um if it's, it's the Clark, last days last days of ptolemy gray do you know i never i didn't see the first one let alone the rest so i don't know what i think of it so go on so this was um apple tv plus samuel jackson 
um, basically wanted to play this role for years, has got had the rights to the book uh, by Walter Mosley. It's about a man in his 90s who's got dementia, lives in a really sort of rundown apartment. His only sort of contact is with his great-nephew, Reggie, um, in the first episode, he's then taken out of, of the flat by another great nephew and finds out that Reggie got killed. He is then, his care is sort of thrust upon uh, this girl called Robin, who is living with an- another of his family, maybe one of his nieces. The, fa- the family dynamics get a little muddied because he's so old. It's like nieces, great nieces. Yeah. But um, the actress who plays Robin, Dominique Fishback, her performance in this is absolutely amazing. And I think, actually, it's a performance that you really like, you know, like a young actress giving like this... Bro- Bravour performance. She's not really in episode one all that much. Most of episode one is Samuel Jackson as this old man with dementia being shown around. You know, we, you get the, the sense of that character before they then bring in the Robin character at the end of episode one. And her story sort of starts in episode two. And it's really about the relationship between them. And that's what I gravitated towards. Their scenes together are absolutely fantastic. She is, I mean, she's already been nominated for an Oscar for her role in. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, the uh, the film that Daniel Kaluuya won his uh, Oscar for, um, and I think you know the Emmy Emmy nominees are co- Emmy nominations are coming. Up really in a few looking weeks. forward to them. They're going to be. And I think <clears throat> I would be absolutely shocked if if both of them aren't nominated. I think Samuel Jackson. So what happens in the second episode as well is he's uh, Ptolemy's given these drugs that make him sort of. you know get his facilities back but only for a certain amount of time so he uses that to try and work out what happened to reggie and bring his killer to justice basically and get his affairs in order there he can remember sort of what he's got and the the bits that were least for me were like the flashbacks to bits of his life um and seeing samuel jackson try and play like younger versions of the character and <laughs> um, but yeah i mean samuel jackson we know he's an excellent actor oh, she was she was fantastic it's only six episodes i'm going each episode's it. about 50 minutes five zero not one five um and yeah i i, I think hers is the performance that you would gravitate towards because it's a very you performance Okay. Um, but there are bits where I lost interest, but they are very sort of minimal, you know, few and far between. Okay, great. I'll do that. This is supposed to be me recommending stuff to you, and I've got a long <laughs> list now. Anyway, carry on. Um, next up, we've got season one of Hacks. Okay, now we can talk. I just think this took such a long time to get here that I've watched it. I haven't really, I sort of watched it a bit when it was out in the States because I thought, oh, I'll sample it, loved it, stopped. Then started it again when we found out it was coming to Amazon. And I mean, we know from Mayor of Town that Jean Smart is a, is a national treasure in the States now. And she's one of my national treasures now. I think the dynamic between her and Hannah Einberg as this sort of new Einbinder, isn't it Einbinder, yeah like the things you buy at staples um <laughs> she's really brilliant that the pairing the sort of motherly connection they have the sort of the begrudging admiration she they form for one another throughout the series i really think it's something i haven't seen before this sort of 
aging comedian going on stage and going on tour almost like a modern mrs Maisel, if you want to make that comparison well she's joan rivers basically isn't she well she basically is and they make no bones about that really but i love i love hacks it's like one of my favorite and i love love like this this all the stuff like you know it's very much how weird vegas is as a town as well isn't it like who the um ava character being resident of this hotel Mm. and you know vegas is very much the casinos and that's about in the desert and that's it and i think it gave you a very good sense of place and you know building up to this really poignant final scene where her dad dies and and deborah vance the gene smart character comes to the funeral to do almost like a roast um, it just feels and then, so real as well, which I mm, which I always and love. Caitlin Olsen as the as the daughter, as yeah. DJ, and the yeah. the wedding episode, Christopher McDonald as the as the uh, the casino owner and that yeah. and his relationship with with Deborah, yeah, brilliant. Um, brilliant. Again, you... we we do have a we do have a brief discussion about this in the most recent podcast, which would have been out by this time. This comes out maybe. You'll, yes. you'll be lucky. <laughs> Next up, I don't know, actually, not sure how far you've got with this one. Derry Girls. Only the first two. I, I, what I will say is it wasn't for me this year. I'm not sure, to be honest, if it was ever for me or if I just got swept up in the conversation. But I've enjoyed so much this year. I wasn't enjoying this. I stopped. The, card, the characters felt more cartoonish than I remembered. But I do appreciate the fact that this it has become a phenomenon that people loved and spoke so fondly of and so personally about on Twitter and Channel 4 didn't do the all four thing and didn't stick it all up on there so it became this thing and then they did the extra episode which again hit home for a lot of people and was very poignant so it's just one of those rare cases where I appreciate that it's done this thing that TV can do so well and generate conversation and admiration and all of that it just didn't resonate with me this third series past what I saw. And I get I get your criticisms. I think it was sort of like three of the seven episodes were <clears throat> sort of very capery, um, which I think the series has always been. I think they make no bones about that it's sort of almost like a live-action animation in a way. Um, I Interestingly, we felt differently about the first season. You enjoyed it more than I did. Mm. Mm. And I think by the second series, I which I watched at the start of this year, I haven't included it on this list, but it's something else no. I watched this year. Um, yeah, uh, but I really, I think the fact, I think the the actors have grown in confidence. The chemistry has got stronger. Yeah. I loved the 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 Spice Girls performance. I loved the. I mean, even though the train episode was a bit sort of. You know, it's very similar to the first episode in that they sort of were involved in like a crime type thing. I think the all these all the sort of um, big name actors they've brought in have worked really well. I like how Liam Neeson came back for an extra scene in the final episode. Scenes in that final episode will will stick with me for a long time. You know that the, the we all knew it would be based around the Good Friday Agreement. Um, just I, I I think that if you sort of stuck with the series, 
then I think you got rewarded by that final episode. Um, I think Lisa McGee got to end it on her own terms. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I talked, me and Dawn talked about it, so I won't go on really, but yeah, definitely one of my faves so far. And I'm a massive outlier because everybody, everybody bar, bar me loved it. I mean, I've used a lot of words about you in the past, but that wasn't yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next? Because I think I've either put something in the wrong order or you've not seen it. And I wanted to talk to you. I've not seen it. Let's just assume if you have, I haven't seen it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Carry on then. Next up, next up is Russian Doll. Okay, so you've not seen the thing I was hoping. Um, no. Do you know what the thing I was hoping you'd seen was? No, but we'll talk about it at the end. We will, and that'll be a nice surprise for both I think of it's, us. I think, I think this one begins with a J, am I right? Yes. I just, I thought you would have lapped that up. Anyway, um, Russian Doll. Do you know what? I don't know what I thought about See, I'm still kind of, progr- sort of... Ruminating. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what I thought of it. No idea at all. No, I don't have this sort of, oh, it shouldn't have existed and they should have only done one. And I think they tried some interesting things and some of it worked and some of it didn't. But I honestly don't know what I thought of that second season because it was about this it's journey really... for these gold or whatever or, or coins or something and it's... then that falls away so yeah you, you talk it's really weird because looking back well, when I watched it I loved it but then looking back it's not one that's really stuck with me even though it was visually inventive it mm. had a lot to say about her relationship with her mother and with Ruth, who was her, like, surrogate mother. Um, I think the Alan story maybe got a little bit lost there. It felt a bit tacked on, whereas in the first season, I think Alan's introduction was what, like, not saved it, but enhanced it for me and you more, was, was Alan here, even though I liked his bits where he became his grandma in, uh, <laughs> like, East Germany in the yeah. 1980s. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this was very much Nadia's story. And I mean, the, the scene that is going to stick with me is where she's going through that train and it, it keeps changing the time. You know, it goes from Monday to the the eight. No, is it the 80s or the 70s? Where... 70s. 70s. No, the eight, no, no the eight, it, it is the 80s. Because yeah. she, she sees herself being born, doesn't she? Or yeah. she gives birth to herself. Which is creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then goes back to the forties with the, the 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 stolen gold and all of that. So really good. Natasha Leone, excellent. Love her. So cool. Really inventive. Really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambitious yes. series that. But I think it what, pulled off that ambition. What I would say is there were times where I knew it was saying something but i was thinking i i'm missing it i'm not quite getting it and i i felt as if i was missing some bits i think because there were some really powerful bits the train bit the bit where she gives birth to herself even the final moments in like the sewer and the underground all mm. brilliant but i don't really know what the overall message was of season two and i think it was probably quite obvious and i just missed it well, I think it was about her sense of identity as she was turning 40 
and her relate it was about her relationship both with her mother and her surrogate mother and how she sort of you know she kept missing days and she missed Ruthie's death yeah. I just I thought it was really good and at the time it was I I really enjoyed it but I just it hasn't I haven't thought about it and I think maybe that's on me rather yeah. than the show itself. Oh, everything's on you. Yeah, uh, but obviously. yeah, Russian do-, do you think this should come back? I mean is there I can't imagine. I can't imagine what they do. I think yeah. I trust if they do announce it I trust them to have the a good enough idea to okay, bring. I don't I think, think Natasha Leone would bring it back. No. You know, without her um, having like a strong idea, but I can't imagine where they would go with it. Yeah. What's next? Inside number nine. Okay, interesting. I only saw the first three, kept forgetting it was on, and haven't seen the back, back end of the series. And I kept getting DMs from you going, I hated this one. I hated it. Yeah, and then I just <laughs> forgot it was on and stopped. See, I. The one that I didn't like, uh, and we, again, go back to our conversation on on this week's podcast or last week's podcast, where we do you do actually our... review any shows on this podcast <laughs> that goes on? Um, well, we had comedy expert Sophie Davis on, so we need to talk oh, about comedy for, for a little bit. Um, our least favorite was that third episode where you tailed off the the Nine Lives Cat one. Oh yeah, well, um, that was a mess. I thought. I think actually the back end of the series. I mean, I enjoyed the first. I enjoyed that the first episode on the boat. I thought the the folk horror one. It did well in sort of emulating what they were going for, even if I possibly didn't enjoy it as much. I think the last two episodes are ones that you would gravitate towards, which is the one with Jessica Hines. Sorry, I missed that. Just uh, which. What I said was, that I think the last two episodes are the ones that you would gravitate towards the most. Okay. So it's the one, the one with Jessica Hines. Yeah. Um, which I think, if it anything takes away from it, it will be the twist on that one. Mm-hmm. And the final one, which is the one that's part animated, Wise Owl, and um, and that one actually um has it has got the like the least egregious twist. It's sort of it, it, it's not really a twist in a way, if that makes sense. Okay. It's, it's that, so I think the only thing I think you might struggle with with that is that it's very Rishi Smith focused. Steve yeah. Pemberton's hardly in it. Yeah. I, I don't really have any strong feelings towards only seeing Rishi Smith. Um, but yeah, I, I had a straight. It's the first time. I mean, I didn't really enjoy a lot of the previous series, but I knew that was because they were had to re- you know write some specially because of the restrictions imposed on them and so you know you give them benefit of the doubt this one just i kept watching it week to week for the first three weeks and didn't enjoy it and then because it's as i'm always saying you know we should champion the normal telly but it just it, it wasn't part of my diary to go oh, i must go and watch the next inside number nine or check it out on iplayer but i, I am a completist and it's weird to have watched all five series so far and not have finished this one, so I will. Six, six. Oh, series. six. Sorry, yeah. And so we got seven. And a movie. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's inside number nine. What's next? Um, you'll be happy. It's Barry. <laughs> oh, my heart! It just filled up again. <laughs> uh, I can, can we just agree 
this is the best Barry has ever been and it's just cemented itself as one of the best shows on television. It was the cleverest it's ever been. It was the rawest it's ever been. The sequence on the freeway slash motorway for our English listeners was just the most visually spectacular and exciting thing I think I've seen on television or anywhere for such a long time. I don't watch as many films as, as Matt does, but I've never seen anything like that. The speed in which it was taken, that you felt like you were on the bike with him, the stuff with Sarah Goldberg, all amazing. Where does it go from here? I've absolutely no idea, but I'm so invested. We've championed Barry from the off, and it is this year just got better with every episode. I think it's a, a proper... H, it's on the HBO Mount Rushmore now for me is one of the best shows they've ever made and it just feels like Bill Hader and Alec Berg have such a firm idea of where they're going and it's one of the rare occasions where the pandemic has helped them because not only have they written this one and, and put it out but they're currently filming the fourth so they obviously have great faith in where it's going I'm so glad you watched it I loved it so much and it's killed me not being able to speak to you about it because not many people outside the critic world are really watching it, but my God, what did you think of Barry? So, I I feel like I'm going to piss on your chips here a little bit. Well, I'll put, <laughs> I'll put them to the side. I'll put them to the side. So, I loved all the set, like, so example, the, the motorway chase, the whole thing with Fuchs getting all these people who Barry has killed their relatives mm-hmm. and... I loved that story. I loved all the stuff with Sally, as you said, the stuff about like the the Netflix surrogate and how quickly they cancelled her show. Banshee. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> the... Um stuff with um gene and him getting this renaissance obviously you mentioned joe mantea and laura sangiacomo yes, who plays yes. his sister in as we see it and then yes. she's in this um as you know one of gene's former flames who sort of he blackballed from the industry um so i enjoy and all the left. stuff all the stuff with hank and and what was the name of the christabel Christopher. But did it? It almost felt like fragmented. Everyone had oh, no. their own thing, but I, I didn't feel it all hung together. I felt like I was watching lots of different bits. But you know, you know, Sally and Barry interacted every so often. Gene and Barry interacted every so often. But I just felt they were all like different bits. You know, there was the guy from Barry's past who was a 
an FBI agent who came back. There was almost too much going on. I enjoyed it, but look, like sort of step one. When I was watching it, I really enjoyed it. I think stepping back and reflecting on it had a bit of a different reaction to it. I think that's where I am. Brilliant, but I just I felt and and bits like, for example, the Darcy Carden character, like turning on. Um, Sally, you know, performance is great, but I just, there was something there. It felt, what I would say is it felt like the first part of the last season rather than a season that hung together on its own. Hmm, I'll have to ruminate on that and get back to you with a, with a nasty worded email. I know <laughs> what you mean, that people were, you know, in different places, but I think this season was about Barry, all aspects of Barry's life. Mm. catching up with him so i think you know even though him and gene didn't interact very often he was looming over all of the gene stuff the same thing with him looming over the sally stuff i love the young actress who played sally's daughter in the show she witnessed this Mm. outburst and and sort of tells her you know you're in another abusive relationship remind this nice guy reminded me very much of the middle daughter from better things yes frankie yeah. 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 I mean, I can take your comments and I can put them in the suggestion box and I'll ruminate on them. But I think, you know, the wait for Barry was so long. I know we were sort of mixed on season two. And I just think this this season, it was all about Barry's, like I say, Barry's lives all all colliding. And I think it had a real propulsive nature to it there was a sense of proper jeopardy for not just Barry but for for everyone you thought Fuchs was shot dead at one point and then he survives and and carries on sort of trying to ruin Barry's life I would say the one disparate thing was Christabel and Hank where they felt like they were in a slightly spin-offy show of their own but Mm. what about all the because it does the heaven stuff it does it does it, it does the heaven stuff, but it also does a lot of things that I would have a problem with. That, but I don't care because it's at the, at the heart of it is a comedy. So he rings mm. a helpline because the bomb doesn't go off, and that's yeah, all no, really, I like, really yeah. funny. Yeah, um, I think like it just. I didn't feel like it just hung together. Sort of like stepping back after I watched it, and um, you know. Once, you know, watching it and immediately afterwards, I was like, that's brilliant. Having watched it all, it feels like they... Because did they write three and four together? Am I right yes. in that? Yes, So it feels like, you know, we, we've got all these... We know where we're going to end up, but we've split, like, the final season into two. Mm. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. yeah, but I thought the... I thought also Janice's father coming into it was another dimension that he, added... He was a great character. He's a great character. I think you've been harsh, but I'll take it and I'll just... Mm. If it's safe, I'll bring my chips back to where I want them. <laughs> uh, so that's Barry. Um, what's next? There can't be much Good. more. Girls five ever. <laughs> Thank you. I don't... Well, I, don't, I say we don't really need to talk about this because it's one that you and I have spoken about, but not on the podcast... So it's not even all finished on our version of Peacock on Sky because they're doing like one a week now for some Mm. reason. But this show makes me happier than just about any... It might be one of my favourite comedies of all time. It is... I keep using Joyous, but it really is. The chemistry between those five four girls forever, 
is just so believable. It's just the songs are brilliant. The satire is brilliant. I just think it's the best any. And it's unfair to call it a Tina Fey comedy because she's just sort of execing. She's not showrunner or anything. She's just part of the crew, really. But it's the best that one of her shows has been for a long no, it's, time. It's Meredith Scarino, is it? Something Scardino. Like yeah, something like that. Yeah, love it. And I can't speak any higher of it. I just think it is one of those under-the-radar things that when you discover, you think it's your own and you want to hold it close to yourself and uh, as well as scream it from the rooftops how great it is. Love it. Yeah, I mean, hard agree. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, there's so many little bits, little lines, but I think what worked this year is that because you sort of knew the beats, you knew the humour... They were able to do more stuff with each of the characters. So, you know, you've got all the stuff with, um, oh, God, I'm forgetting all the names of Summer, the Busy Phillips character. Her stuff with the divorce from Kev and her parents coming into it and wanting to do the re-purity ceremony and all of that. And the stuff with Wiki finding love with the lunch lord and... um, Oh God! Dawn. I, I, character names are hard. No, the Dawn. other one. Dawn. Um, why am I struggling now? I was get, I was laughing at you. Paula Pell's character. Paula Pell's character, Gloria. Thank Gloria you. and her sort of rekindling with her, her yeah. um, partner, and then deciding she wants to explore further afield. Let's say, um, and then Dawn getting pregnant at the end and realizing she was like the youngest New York mum. Yeah. And the the property brothers actually coming into it and the fight sequence. <laughs> Let's talk about the fight sequence. <laughs> I loved alcohol and hammers. Probably not the best uh, <laughs> duo of yeah. things. To... Yeah, it's so um, fast paced, so funny, so clever. Love it. But the characters, do you not agree? Got felt more developed in this yeah, second season. Yeah, and I think what American comedies do is they they pair them up for depending on what the story is, and I think. It showed that they're so well formed now that they can go in any pairing and still work. Um, and I loved Wiki coming to the realization that she doesn't have to win all the time. And when she found out Dawn's husband's a perfectly adequate singer, and and that was brilliant as well. I just hope it gets more because there's no like ratings mm. on Peacock. There's, it's no. not one that's permeated. And Saved by the Bell got cancelled. Didn't have to two. I can cope with that. I won't cope so well with this. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, that's the precedent, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I suppose is their first big show. But yeah, it's one of those TV critic circle shows that they're all talking about. And I'm sort of p- piggybacking off that conversation a bit. But it is a brilliant show that not enough people are talking about. You'd like them to come back because now they've got this tour, haven't they? That yeah, they're all going on. Yeah, it would be great to see them on tour. And, and talking of that, Hack season two is my next one. Now I haven't seen this. Ah, I haven't seen this. Just say so you know. I haven't seen this. Well, all I will say is, first episode I wasn't sure. I was like, has it lost a little something? But as soon as they get on, or they got on a plane and then got on the tour bus, it recaptures that magic, that bond between them. There's some great... I, I think 
what they do in season two as well as they give more to the assistant character who is uh, Marcus, Carl Clements Hopkins' character, because mm. he sort of stays back in Vegas for the first half of the season then joins them later on. Uh, great um, sort of two, I think she's in two episodes, Laurie Metcalf. Oh, yeah, um, I heard about that. As the tour manager, um, reunite going to the state fair is one of the episodes. Oh, I can't. There's wait. one episode where they go on a lesbian cruise. Um, hard same. And, <laughs> hard same. <laughs> and actually, even I mean, the characters that I were wasn't uh, Kayla and Jimmy mm. characters I mm. wasn't overly fond of in the first season. Perhaps get more to do in the second season they get their own arc and um, the last episode absolutely brilliant again and um, just announced did, for a third season i believe do you think it's going to justify that based on what you've seen i thought they could to be honest i thought they could have ended it it had a natural end but that's what i've seen critics uh, say yeah um, what am i then chopped liver well you're you're my easy access critic <laughs> okay yeah, go on and, well, f- final one, which I know you haven't finished yet because it's not finished, is Sherwood. Yeah. I mean, we haven't spoken about this on the podcast. I think it's one of the best BBC dramas for quite a long time. I think it's been lauded as one of the best ever, and I think that's pushing it slightly, but I think you won't find a better ensemble cast on television. It, when my mum said to me, can we watch the Sherwood thing? I said, yes. She said, who's in it? I said, everybody. And it is literally... Everybody you know, even if you don't know their names, like Matt and I know their names, Kevin Doyle and Claire Rushbrook, you will know their faces. It's just one of those shows, oh, it's him, oh, and they all play a brilliant part. It is a crime drama, but not a whodunit. James Graham made it very clear that this is not is not going to do a whodunit. It's, it's more about the community and the ripple effects on, on the murders and how they are shaped by the past. And you've seen the final two. What do you think of it as a more, whole thing? More of a why done it than a who done it. Yes, and I think which are often the best types. We we are so sort of and you said this on Twitter to someone, we're so conditioned to the who done it rather than the why done it that, you know, we didn't think that the guy with the arrows going around no, no. <laughs> took in arrows at everyone was it can't and be I, him. I it's think, too obvious. <laughs> And you say, like, that initial cast, and then they bring in Stephen Tompkinson, and then they bring in Lindsay Duncan. A lot of them. And and in the fifth episode, in the flashback, they bring in Mark Addy. Oh, of course. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> As David Morrissey's dad. What? <laughs> okay, that doesn't quite add up for me, but we'll see how that works. Well, young, young David Morrissey in the 80s. Oh, okay. So the, the younger version that we see in those flashbacks between him and, and Robert Glenister's character... Okay. His dad is played by because there's all younger versions of all of the characters, yeah. and it sort of fills in the gaps. You're, you know, we had a conversation earlier today where you were a bit unsure about the the undercover spy cop thing spy and cop. <laughs> the sort of where that goes. But again, I think it's sort of it's not it's not going where you think it's going, okay. and the. I mean, it will all. Been, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it will all have been over by the time this goes out. So, the sort of the, the motivation for the murder is really interesting, and it looks at how towns like is it called Ashford, the town yeah. that it's set in. Yeah. Towns like Ashford are seen as former mining towns. It's a. I think Leslie Mann. There's a. There basically there's a massive scene after the killer is caught where they have like this town meeting and all the characters have like a monologue and it's like this is luke's like oh (laughs) feed it into my veins um another actress who doesn't get a lot to do but comes into it in the last episode is chanel creswell who plays leslie manville's daughter the mum to the two children I kept wondering um, whether we were going to see these kids' parents because I kept thinking, yeah. well, why Why are they, you know, so I'm really pleased about Didn't see that. the dad. Just the... No. It's such a great yeah. calibre of, of performances, though, all mm. the way round. But because, um, obviously, James Graham, this is his, his manner, as they say. Yeah. He, You can tell that he is saying the things that these characters are saying. You know, Kevin Doyle had that has that scene with the two you know the the two coppers with ian and kevin where he's saying you know you you stayed behind you had to suffer and actually one of the revelations and you know that there's the scene with um where robert glenister's character gets in a fight someone recognizes him at the yeah. at the club yeah the person who that i don't think they've revealed yet who that person is no no. no, and that reveal actually just sort of it does hit you, and I won't say who it is, but okay. you you find out in episode five, and it's just wow, the the scene where Leslie Manville and David Morrissey are watching Pointless that will stick with me for <laughs> for a long time. David Bowie songs, wasn't it? She was trying to. Well, that's not a good example. Yeah, I mean, I just know. every actor in this is just like it's just insane. I like. Uh, for example, someone like Nadine Marshall, who doesn't get a lot to do. Nor, I mean, she, the, the, the biggest thing she's done recently is Save Me. I know you didn't get into that very much, but uh, she was the copper in that. And I think her casting here, really interesting. Her up against Robert Glenister. Um, even someone like Don Gillet from EastEnders <laughs> popping up. And... Or 55 Degrees North, I'll have you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, just um, like a proper, and actually looking back over that list, four really strong BBC dramas in yeah, the first half of this we, year. We've not had, ever, uh, since Gary left the podcast, I don't think we've, whatever year and that he, was. he took them with him. 
Yeah, he must have. Because <laughs> we haven't had four strong BBC dramas. And all about. new, new BBC dramas. All new, new, new voices as well, for the most part. Um, in Tony mm. Schumacher and Adam Kay. And I know um, James Graham's done other stuff. But yeah, that's not a bad list. Um, Mr. Donnelly, is that that's the end? All I would say. Thank you, is, Mr. Knowles. Thank you. All I would say is, please do Severance next. Please do Julia. Mm, yeah. Severance is is mm. just please do it. And I I just finished Borgen when my internet when the internet god switched me back on, and I I would like to talk to you about that as well if you get round to it. Yeah, at some that point. they are they are the or well, certainly Borgen and Severance are the next two on my list along with just because i need to watch it or it'll get all spoiled for me is stranger things because everyone at work has seen it and that will get spoiled for me and the, and the last two episodes are airing yes. the week we're we're doing this so it seems like a opportune time to do that what else is on your list luke uh, the stuff you haven't seen uh, like you know better call Saul and atlanta mm. and i i personally mm. with shining girls which I'd love to have a mm. conversation with you about as well. Yeah. At some point. That's on there. Um, I uh, I've already seen better things because I couldn't wait. I just had to watch it when it's on in the US. I saw all of Station Eleven, which I think you and I would have an interesting conversation with. The after party. See, I thought you. Sorry, Station Eleven. You said you weren't going to carry on with. Yeah, I did because it was such an. I couldn't get a handle on it, and I think by the end I did. So I'd be interested to see. If but you, you didn't were... like you. You've turned into Gary because you didn't like the fact you couldn't get a handle on it. Yeah, well, I it, <laughs> I liked all of the performances. I love Mackenzie Davis. I think she's great. I think all and the and the young girl who portrays her in mm. in the pre times, and uh, Hamish Patel's good. It just didn't hang well together. But I think as you get to the end, it makes more sense of what the world is. That was interesting. What else? You didn't like the dropout, but I really rated that. The after party I mentioned probably three times now. Uh, Pam and Tommy I finished. Abbott Elementary I finished. And like all the best comedies, it gets better the more you watch. I really liked Sex Girls, uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. I think that's just about it. I think there's not many, mm. um, not a lot of crossovers. But once you've done Stranger Things... No, there's a, there is a lot of crossover. That's what you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's not a lot of non-crossover, which is hard yeah. to say. Clearly. Well, no, se- Severance... Well, I've got a week off work now, so Severance oh. and Stranger Things are definitely the two that I'm going to... Because I, and... t- I did two Severances for the yeah. podcast, and I know but there's I, nine. I personally would do them again, just so you're in the world of Severance, because I think it helps. It is a binge show, and I think it helps to... And... Go Obviously, back. I mean, we just talked about it on the last podcast, but only murders in the building because you were you were going to be on for that, and I'm obviously going to watch that. So that's will be one that we're both yes. going to be watching. As well. Yeah, that's one. Um, there's not a lot else to come in, and I've got story. that I've got that theme tune still stuck in my head. I'm glad you Someone's actually got to reviewed sing something on that podcast. It does sound like you just talked about other <laughs> uh, shows you but... Well, we did talk about the Frasier reboot as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it, is ju- it is June. And, and Sarah going to Ikea. 
Um, oh. But yeah, so what were you saying? You don't know what's coming. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, there's not a lot coming. I mean, there's tons on our coming up soon page, mm. but when they're all coming, yeah. I, I mean, really we've know. got over over the so obviously like terrestrial wise, it's sport over the summer. So it's it's the only thing we've really got up there is better things, which is July and yeah. uh, the baby on Sky Atlantic, which I believe is all being on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, streamers, we've got Under the Banner of Heaven on Disney Plus at the end of July. Yeah. Um, we know uh, Sharon Horgan's Bad Sisters is the start of August on or mid-August on Apple TV. Um, the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman is on around August. So uh, my question couple... to you now, though, is mm-hmm. what happens from here on? If you do Severance this week, if you manage it alongside Stranger Things, are you allowed to tell me what you think, or am I going to wait another six months? To, I don't uh... know. Let, I, I think we should put it to the listeners. <laughs> but do you know do... what all those people think? <laughs> all three of them. Um, I don't know. I've, I've enjoyed this. Like, just like, like you, you just like. Be, I know you have. Relaxed. You, I mean, like... I've had to have physiotherapy <laughs> over the last six months. But why months. do you? Why do you think that is? Do you just like because, miss talking? Be, because we, you're the only. Per- like, I can't talk about any to anyone else really about severance. Nobody I know has Apple TV Plus. And I know people have. I, other people we know have seen it. Oh, Sophie's seen it. I think Sarah's seen it. Yes, but I care what you. Well, this is going to sound. Bad. <laughs> I care what you cut that out. <laughs> Yeah, I care what you think as well. Yes. Gary's just watched Bear of East Town. Well, welcome to 2020. Yeah, leave it at that. Um, But I I just, I I care what you think. I don't know why. Even if we disagree, I care what you think. But Severance, Stranger Things, Severance, Julia. The After Party's fun and Borgen. Again, that's on my list. Yeah. I'll tell you, so what's at the top tier? We haven't got long because my big the top the top tier yeah. is Severance, Borgen, Stranger Things, and Weekly Only Murders in the Building. Okay, but second I could, tier. I then? can move Julia up. No, no, no. no good, I don't. I don't think I'm going to reveal any more. Okay. Well, that's there's top, nothing. That's the that's the next four that I'm going to watch. Okay, good. Well, enjoy them. You're going to have a good week. Don't go out or anything. And, and oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And Clark, obviously. And on that bombshell, as they used to win <laughs> Top Gear, that will do us on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Matt for uh, being the the un, uh, unmasker of his own list and stuff because I needed this today. And we'll be back. One of us will be back, the one that sounds more northern, on the podcast soon. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.